welcome to the Dental Deep Dive, where we dive into industry trends and best practices for optimizing your dental organization while providing the best possible experience and care for patients. Welcome back, everyone, to this episode of the Dental Deep Dive. I'm your host, David Danielson, and I am joined today by Jamie Westfall. Jamie is actually coming back to the show. She was with us in episode nine, really focusing on best practices for staff onboarding. If you missed that episode, you might want to check that one out. And Jamie has spent over 10 years as a certified trainer and enterprise training manager with an absolutely incredible proven track record of helping dental organizations experience successful software adoption and improve operational efficiency. In this episode, Jamie's going to help us review what organizations can do today about improving their workflows, the way they want to strategize their evaluation of workflows, what they should be looking for. She's going to be giving us some tips on some of the best practices for starting to dial those in and align them with the goals of the organization. So we're really excited to have her on the show. Let's dive in. Jamie, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me again. I'm glad we could get you back. I mean, it's been a little while. It has. A lot's changed. Yeah, definitely a lot's changed. (laughs) Yeah, the whole economy is completely different. Although people still drill and fill teeth. So I I think there's some uh, consolation in that. (laughs) (laughs) Very true. So uh, one of the things that we like to kick off with with our guests is we really want to dive into what are some of the hot topics that you're hearing in dental industry right now? Like, what are those things that people are asking you and what's kind of top of mind? I would say one of the topics that I'm hearing over and over again consistently would be teledentistry, right? That it went mainstream since we last spoke. So I I would say that's something that would be top of mind. It rose, I think, I can't remember. I was looking at some numbers and I think it was something like 154% for just telehealth overall increase happened at the beginning of the pandemic. So in my mind, I think it's here to stay, right? It's still elevated. Patients now expect it. From what I'm hearing, I feel that they offices are finding it's equally effective as having inpatient, in-person initial consultations or reviewing treatment plans. And so I expect to see that for for quite some time, just continue to grow and expand what services are offered through teledentistry. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, the world's changed in the last little while. And in fact, in one of our previous episodes, we talked to Mouthwatch specifically. And so if you missed that episode, for the people that are listening, you might want to go check that one out. Do you see an area where people should be expanding specifically with teledentistry? Or are you just saying, hey, this is a hot topic and people need to be cognizant of it? One, it's a hot topic. Two, I think think organizations are still navigating the waters and seeing where it fits in their traditional workflows, right? And so uh, for a while there, there was a transition where it was the primary contact with their patients, but then trying to find that good balance of pulling it all together and really having a a sound set of offerings to their patients that has the right fit for both the patients and the providers. Yeah. Are there any other areas of interest that you are hearing about a lot? I mean, I think this is a great one. Yeah, I think in my mind, I just feel like there's three that still seem to be 
they aren't a new or emerging trend, but I feel like they, they're just continuing top subjects that, that offices are always looking for insight on. So, you know, dental practices are continuing to consolidate. And so group practices, DSO, DMSOs, I just feel like that is something that continues to grow and it continues to evolve. And so providers who are part of these organizations really want to make sure that they have sound clinical principles and processes that they had in their solo practices and how to navigate working in a, in a different environment. But then on the other side, these large organizations really just continuing to improve the support that they provide to these providers and to these different clinics. So I, I think that's something that there's always a subject surrounding that, right? I know that's a very broad topic, but I feel like that's something that I'm consistently just asked about how to manage that or, or ways, you know, just with the workflow topic, top of mind today, that, that came up of how do we make this work if we're growing or if we're, if we're merging with other organizations? I think that's a really interesting set of conversations. Do you find that they are taking best practices from the new offices, or do you find that they're mostly just saying, hey, here's our workflow strategy and and here's what we've proven that, that works really well? I mean, what, what kind of things are you seeing? Are, are, are the organizations, are they learning organizations or do they feel like they've they've got it all figured out and then they kind of push that down a little bit? I would say it depends on the speed of their growth, right? What their goals are. So I can't say that it looks the same for everyone. Some, it's let's grow and then let's iron it out. <laughs> Others have a plan in place years before they really truly start incorporating new, new clinics, um, whether they're doing new groups or if they're incorporating, you know, existing offices into their, their group. So I don't know that I could say I've seen one way or one size fits all, but I can say the ones that do have some sort of plan in place prior definitely are the more successful. You know, I, I have a theory around that I share with people all the time. It's like make a plan and then work your plan, right? You, you need to have some type of goal that you're trying to get to. So yeah, I, th- I think that's really important. As far as like within dental practices in general, what, what impacts have you seen with the use of really dialing in and getting the right workflows in place? Or, I mean, the counter example would be, what have you seen when they implement the wrong workflows? Sure. Yeah. Impact. Just overall, I feel like standardization comes to mind when you're asking that. Lack of standardization, right, definitely has a strong impact negatively on an organization. But I've seen if, if really they're wanting to map out these workflows and have a plan overall for the organization. I feel like standardization is that key goal that a lot of organizations have. And it's because it really is the first step to reaching their full potential, making sure that those workflows are designed to meet their goals, right? So if they don't have that in place, the goal is just a wish, right? That's something we want someday, but they don't have tangible tasks to get them there. Um, So that's really how I see workflows as part of that building block and how it can have a huge positive impact on an organization. Can you talk to any like specific examples of workflow changes that that really made an impact? Sure. 
and just kind of to tie it all back, I know I know before when we've talked, I, I keep bringing up the, the VMGO, right? The vision, mission, goals, and objectives of an organization. I feel like starting there really helps and really sets the tone of, okay, this is the vision that we have and, and here's our mission. These are the goals. And that really helps them shape those workflows to help get them to that vision, right? They have intent in every step of their processes to help them increase their outcomes. So I would say there's times where they're looking at a small fraction of something that's happening within their organization and they plan for the task itself, right? They're not looking for that end goal or what outcome they're looking to achieve. They're looking at the fastest way to schedule an appointment, let's say but they're not looking at how does that tie to our outcomes in RevCycle? How does that tie to our clinical outcomes, our patient care? And really they're all connected. And so when they keep that vision in mind of really what's our end goal, and they say, we are really struggling with our collection process, right? Our AR is is out of control and how do we manage that? Then when they're shaping their scheduling and appointment process, they can say, we really need this step to include patient financial readiness as reviewed when scheduling that appointment. Using billing types within the system might be an example, right? Of This is a way to communicate quickly that when we're scheduling appointments, we're following the right process and making sure that we're doing all we can for those outcomes that will affect our rev cycle. So it's really shaped in a different way than what's the fastest way to schedule this. Yeah. And I think that's really interesting because in isolation, it sounds great to improve scheduling, right? I mean, in isolation, that, that sounds fantastic. But if you're not gathering all the data you need to support RevCycle, then I think it's a missed opportunity. I, I think that's a really great point. Right. And then, you know, I don't know if you've heard this term, concierge practice, right? I keep hearing that where really they want to cater to, to patients and their experience in their organization, they might have a very different look and feel for that than someone whose goal is to be an emergency clinic, right? We want to have uh, more of that urgent care type service provided uh, to patients. They don't have to schedule. We were primarily walk-ins, right? They would have a very different workflow, but it's shaped by what that outcome, what that goal is. Good point. So what, what key areas do teams really need to focus on when it comes to looking at the effectiveness of their current workflows? I mean, obviously there's a workflow to outcome mapping that needs to happen because you want some type of goal alignment, but you know, what, what areas do teams, what do you recommend that they focus on there? Well, of course I touched on, you know, the, the VMGO, but I really think that an organization needs to clearly define what success looks like to them, right? That's another thing where they'll speak in broad terms of what success means. And so that doesn't really guide the users finding that success on a daily basis. One thing that I think is also important is that before we judge the effectiveness of a workflow, I think there needs to be a review of workflow accountability as well. I've seen that a lot where organizations will just abandon a plan and they'll say it's not working, right? We tried it six months and it's not making any difference. Let's try something else. But they didn't review to see were these workflows adopted fully, right? Do we have integrity across our organization in these workflows? 
So that's something I do see that's missed where they will continuously cycle their users through changes in workflow, thinking that's going to have an impact, but really they aren't having full adoption. And and that's really the overall issue. Can you give us some ideas of mechanisms that organizations can use to kind of enforce that accountability? Yeah, it's a pretty broad, because it really depends on, on workflows, right? So sometimes it's reporting overall. Lots of times, especially in larger organizations, it's individual clinics, and they'll have a hierarchy of checks and balances in place. So potentially the provider may be reviewing coding and documentation at the end of each day for their patients, but then an office manager may be looking across the board at all providers' documentation and and making sure all of that's what they've set in their their standard. And then again, maybe a regional might be looking once a month. So I think it really isn't a one-size-fits-all of how to manage that. Yeah, and I, I think that's a really good point. I mean, some of the things are, can your software support it? I think some of those things are, you know, how do you use your daily huddles to support it? How do you use your, you know, weekly, monthly reviews and putting in some type of guardrails, you know, some some type of accountability system to kind of measure the progress. And I think that's one of those things that for some organizations, when I talk to them, they're really good and very clear on what they're supposed to do, but they don't have the detailed tracking that says, yeah, we're doing what we want it to do. Right. It makes me think a little bit about working out, right? Health accountability. It looks very different now for me than it did when I was in the military. It was required. I had to every morning. I had no choice, right? But then now, now as a civilian, it looks more like a friend calling me and me feeling bad that I'm letting him down. I think the importance of these workflows or how they're mandated, right? Some of them are are something that's required by state. This is something we have to and we're required to document. It's a very different look and feel in how accountability is placed than something that really has some of the provider's discretion included in that, right? It's it's a very different type of accountability and it should be. Yeah, yeah, no, that's a really good point. I mean, there are certain elements where there's requirements for, you know, providers to have, some level of autonomy to make to make the choices that they need to do and but tying it back and making sure that you have a system in place i think there's some huge merit in those efforts that people put in one of the things i did want to ask you specifically is how do you think technology that practices implement really impacts the effectiveness of workflows i mean we're obviously both coupled at, at the hip on on you know the technology side of it so we're a little bit biased that way but barring any specific, you know, softwares necessarily, how does the technology that practices leverage really impact the effectiveness of workflows? Yeah, I think that's a good question, right? That's, I feel like for the technology, if we've planned and designed our workflows, but we don't support the users appropriately with the technology, that's definitely one area that it would would impact. We're asking for additional documentation, maybe that is manual and a cumbersome process that would have an impact on the success of of what's happening. I would say also, we kind of touched on it before, right? That level of accountability, there's times when there's no give 
there's no options for the providers to use their discretion. And that's part of how something is, is configured or supported by the technology. And they'll say, this is the way it has to be. It's more of a black and white processing system. And they've, I feel like that definitely has an impact. And then the other way around, having no standards or safeguards with technology and it's open to everyone and they don't have sound security. They don't have a way to protect the providers themselves and their licenses, right, on the documentation that's going in, who has access, who can change. So I feel like that's a pretty broad question about the technology, but as far as workflows go, I feel like it all could have an impact in some way. Not using it properly is another one that's coming to mind, right? We've purchased and launched this brand new technology, but we had no plans prior to launch. We didn't fully implement it uh, to its full capabilities, right? We, we gave it to the users and asked them to find a way to use it. So I feel like the way that it's adopted also is more important, honestly, than the technology itself in my mind. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And definitely there's a role in the fact that the technology should be supporting workflows. You know, there's a variety of times when I've jumped on a call with uh, with customers and and they're they're trying to figure something out. And what they fail to realize is that our software is not their old software, and they're trying to implement their old workflow in the new paradigm. And you know, we've had some of those detailed conversations where after they understood the design of what we were trying to accomplish. They're like, oh, well, that's way easier. And that's like 10 clicks faster. <laughs> and so they can, they can really see the, the magnification and, and the impact that technology can have when you're using the software the way that it was designed to, to help support those practices and those specific workflows. And I think sometimes that's one of the challenges that we, we bump into is that, you know, we have these good cultural changes, but we also need to support improving those things over time. Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, I'm sure just anyone who's talked to me about this subject ever has heard me bring up change management, right? The people side of change management, using ad cars specifically, right? This thing I'm a big fan of a, a quick way to bring organizations together on the same page with change management, um, using that quick acronym, you know, their awareness, desire, knowledge, ability, and reinforcement it starts that awareness piece in my mind uh, of that process for change management is key. Organizations feel like it's no big deal. It's a practice management system, right? It's huge. And them not even knowing why as a user, why did we need to change? I liked our old system. We had a great process. I had a good experience. And it may have nothing to do with their day-to-day tasks. They may have some interoperability needs. And now they're going to have an interface with a different system and share data across systems. And they don't see that in their day-to-day life. They have no awareness that they now have a more complete record across their entire organization than they've ever had before. And they have a better ability to support their patient care, all of these items, just letting them know why, right? Just having that knowledge really helps them see, okay, I'm a team player, right? I can make a change into how I schedule this appointment because overall, this is really enhancing the outcomes for for everyone, patients and our organization. Um, So I always say to start there, even if they don't adopt that full 
process for change management, they have to make sure that the users are aware and then really start building that desire. And it can't be their technology vendor, right? They can't be the ones that drive that desire of end users. It has to start well before they start adopting the, the program or the technology. Yeah. You know, it's it's interesting. I, I love how you have your little mini frameworks because I, you know, I certainly have mine that I recommend to people. Love the ad car example. You know, I think that everybody who's in a dental organization should have some common working knowledge of change management. You know, we should probably uh, schedule a time at some point, Jamie, to just have a comprehensive conversation around implementing change and how that would help practices. I think we could spend a lot of time there because, you know, honestly, there are so many best practices that we could talk to. I, I think there's a lot of content that that we could do. So maybe we'll uh, put that on the books for another time. I'd love to. You know, it's one of my favorite subjects. Hey, uh, one one last question. So, you know, as, as a takeaway, one of the things we love about the podcast is we try and make this super tactical and beneficial uh, to practices, right? And one of the things that, you know, I always ask towards the end of a, of a, of a session is, what are those three or four things that you would advise? This is your moment. It's free consulting for anybody who's listening. What would you advise dental programs to do now to make improvements in their current workflows? Review them. Step one, if you haven't taken a good hard look at your workflows that are in place or don't know if you have documented or uh, structured workflows in place, that's step one. Everyone should, should be reviewing that and reviewing it frequently not getting stagnant, right? These workflows aren't something that are going to last the lifetime of the organization. Changes in scale, changes in industry, changes across the board, right? All of these things will change your workflow needs. And so I think 18 months, two years, you should reassess what your current workflows are at the longest, right? Of course, more frequently is is definitely encouraged. And it doesn't have to be the formal workflow analysis program that we offer, right? Even just internal reviews, making sure they're in tune with the end users, what they're doing, and making sure that they give a space for users uh, and team members in the organization to be transparent, right? I think asking the direct question, how many times Do you have some sort of workaround or unique process outside of our documented workflows? One, it can help find weaknesses in the workflows, but two, we can find where they're they're struggling. Is it with part of that change management? Is it not satisfying their needs? Is it maybe producing the outcomes that they have, but it's really putting a strain on the end users? So so those types of things, I think getting that transparent conversation happening within an organization really helps them grow. Sometimes the end users found a way that that is better and and they should adopt that, right? So I would say, I don't know how many that was because I just started rattling off. But to me, I feel like (laughs) that's really where to start. That's where they need to start implementing change is... It's not that one-time event. It's an ongoing process to keep their organizations meeting their full potential. Yeah. You know, it, it's interesting you brought that up because, you know, I was talking to some practices and they have they do kind of the annual top-down review, right? But I've talked to others that kind of break it up and they say, hey, what we want to do is 
we want to evaluate patient financial readiness, or we want to evaluate rev cycle, or we want to evaluate whatever it is that it's their focus. And I've seen some really good success with organizations kind of breaking that up quarterly so that they can say, hey, you know, this is a this is a slower time of year. This is a good time for us to really focus in on rev cycle if we want to make uh, changes because it's easier to make some of those changes right now. And then on the counter side, you know, when you're seeing a lot of patients, sometimes they find that it's more advantageous to do some of those clinical reviews during that time because they have so many more charts that they're working with. And so it's it's really interesting. I don't think there's one way or one set of choices there, but for some organizations, I think splitting it out can be really advantageous for them. I agree. I agree. And that, you know, I know we keep giving that broad answer of there's no one size fits all. There's not a, a direct path um, for, for all organizations. But I do think it it's good for us to mention that we do have the customer success managers and the training teams that can help advise on which which path to take, right? Is it better to have a customer success manager to work with you? Is it something better we should bring a trainer in? Is this something that you could manage on your own? We do have that support to really help point you in the right direction specific to your organization's needs. So it isn't you figure it out and then we'll help. We, we do have options there too that I think are important to make sure that organizations are aware of. Yeah. And I think, you know, even if you're not a, you know, a Dentrix Enterprise customer, I mean, we talk through that lens because they're our sponsor. But, you know, I think sometimes I think it's really valuable for organizations to really kind of think about how are they leveraging their technology partner? How they, you know, are they getting the support that they need? Because there are there are lots of great options out there as far as learning best practices and, and getting that information, sharing, going you know, some of our most successful clients are the ones that talk to other clients. I mean, it, what it comes back to is, you know, we're we're all here trying to advance oral care. And I think one of the things that we really want to, I mean, the whole foundation of this podcast was to help people get more awareness of best practices. And, you know, I brought up having a customer, you know, consider a workflow review and they said, what's that? And, and <laughs> I had to take a step back because I'm like, Wow, you know, some of the things that we consider, you know, regular, common, core best practices are things that are, you know, maybe some organizations just don't think about. And so bringing awareness to it, I think, is really important. Um, But having a plan in place that can support the practices needs, I, I think, is equally important so that they're constantly and so that we're all constantly progressing. And to that point, the workflow analysis is something I would encourage even stronger to customers who are not Henry Stein customers. I feel like really getting that outside lens of someone doing a thorough come through all the workflows that you have and any impacts that they've found to different outcomes really. And then having that outside look of knowing how a different technology could support it, right? So it might not even be part of considering purchasing a new technology. Just getting that overview of that workflow analysis of what you're doing now, how could it be supported in a different way or it be enhanced by something else or does it seem to be sound? Is it meeting all of our objectives and having that external partner taking that review? I think it's a great idea, right? If you're not doing it internally and you don't know where to start, that's that's the perfect place. Yeah, totally agree. Totally agree. 
Jamie, thank you so much for joining us again on the podcast. I, I thought the conversation was fantastic. There was definitely some things that I learned today. Thank you for being here and thank you for helping support our community. Thanks for having me. It's always a good time. Thanks everybody for joining this episode of the Dental Deep Dive. We were so glad to have Jamie come back to the show. I felt like this was some of the most interesting information. The three key takeaways that were really important for me were, one, as we've mentioned earlier in the show, teledentistry continues to be a hot topic. We are seeing it in a lot of places and people's ability to innovate and apply it, I think is important. And if you'd like to learn more about teledentistry specifically, check out our previous episode with Michelle Strange. We dive deep into things that you can learn about how to leverage teledentistry right now. Two, we do have a continuation of consolidation in the market, being able to take new practices and apply best practices and updated workflows, I think is really strategic for organizations, the way they want to think about it. And then three was really having an improved structure around the evaluation of dental practice workflows. I think if we take those things away from this episode, I think we're all going to be running better and smoother programs. Thank you again for joining, and we'll see you again on the Dental Deep Dive. We'd like to thank our sponsor, Dentrix Enterprise, for sponsoring this episode of the Dental Deep Dive. Dentrix Enterprise provides tools and technology to help organizations really optimize and streamline their centralization processes. Dentrix Enterprise team offers specialized workflow analysis capabilities to help you analyze and improve your workflows. If you'd like to learn more about how Dentrix Enterprise workflow analysis can work for you, please visit them at dentrixenterprise.com forward slash dental deep dive.